0: Hello, and welcome back again. It's Friday, March the 19th. Thanks for joining us, Brent. Two new Forecast Network questions we want to get started off by talking about. These are for the prospective planting report that's going to come out here at the end of the month on Wednesday, the 31st. Thinking a little bit about what's going to happen with that report, we have two Forecast Network questions. The first question is the probability of that report having more than 92.5 million acres of corn I thought it was a 65% chance of happening. The consensus is uh, considerably above me, closer to 75%. I think Brent, you're you're closer to the consensus than I am. And then the other question is the probability of that report coming at greater than 90 million acres of soybeans.
1: I am really interested in what the prospective planning report is gonna say. I just, I think it's a really interesting year. David, you and I were talking about this offline my forecast on soybeans, I have both above 50%. So I think I had soybeans at like 65% above and corn like 75% chance above your numbers. The thing I think is really interesting is we're essentially run out of soybeans in the United States, basically. I mean, we're, we're down to like scraping the bottom of the bin. And I said, you know, I just don't think soybeans have done enough that I'm super confident they're going to get. A lot over 90 million acres and i think those are the numbers if you took last year's demand that would basically satisfy it so we need over 90 million acres to yeah. satisfy just the demand we had last year yeah so i'm like wow it's really interesting that soybean prices aren't higher but then as david pointed out well they're the this is the highest corn to soybean ratio we've ever seen On the crop insurance side. So that's a pretty good metric. So, in other words, well, they are high, but my question is I don't know if they're high enough. That's why I'm just really going to be fascinated to see what this report holds and where the acres are going to come from. Certainly, a lot of them probably from the Northern Plains, big acreages of them planted in Illinois and Iowa, obviously, of course, but. Will it be enough to really shift it that far? So I just, I think it's a fascinating report.
0: You know, I'm going to add to this. So if you add those two crops together, Brent, so if you take your idea and you add those two numbers together, that comes to 182.5, which is well above sort of what normal preventive planting conditions would say. So 180 was kind of the ceiling or 179 million was kind of the ceiling last year that we've calculated. So it'd be a huge increase. And so I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, right? I just think that it, it underscores the unique situation we have here where there's just both of these crops are saying we want more cotton's in there fighting for some acres wheat's in there holding its ground wanting some acres and so this is part of this i guess enthusiasm we've seen in the commodity markets and so the question is how are we going to get enough of both two things i want to point out from articles that we've wrote before one assuming everything works out with prevented planting and prevented planting in in my opinion i think brent you shared this too is Often one of the things that influences the difference between March perspective planning and final, maybe more than everyone thinks we switch acres because the price responses. yeah, sure that happens a little bit on the margin, but the big change that can happen between now and June, prevented planting and prevented planting 0.2 cuts both ways. And so you could easily see a 2 million acre swing in combined acres from prevented planting. Of course, we saw five million acres last year. The downside, and even more, ten million two years ago. The second thing is those price ratios. We did the air. We looked at the air that those price ratios. The price ratio here, two point five nine. The model would say suggests fifty percent of those acres, roughly, go to soybeans, fifty percent to corn. But the air there could equal two million acres. Swing again here in 2021. So we're sort of having this conversation where everything is tight. Everyone's really looking hyper focused, but. The swing here in the price ratios, but also the prevented planting are easily 2 million acres here, both directions. So it's very interesting to see how this will play out as we get moving into the growing season.
1: Yeah, I always think of this. this it reminds me of like a Christmas present when you're a kid because you really you have some thought about what it might be in that package. You pick it up and shake it a little bit and think about it, but you don't really know what you're gonna get till they open that. And I think the uncertainty around those numbers this year is as great as I can recall. And the stakes I think are high too.
0: And Brett, I'll take this one step further, just because you got the wrapper. We took the wrapper off. This is the perspective planting, right? And we now see what the box says. But some of us had parents (laughs) that would then put something else in the box. And so We have two forecast network questions about acreage one of them is what's the final june number and then what's this report and as decision makers here you got to really recognize these are different things they're very similar we got to make sure that we just don't get too hyper focused because a lot can happen between march and that june final number and it goes both ways we've been seeing the prevented planting cut away at those but they also go up The year that we had the lowest prevented planting was 2012, and that's when the crop went in super fast, and it was also looking really good, right up until it it didn't look good, right? But it was was a really good year. Everything was – the sky was falling on the prices, right? And then the sky was falling on yields by the time we got to June. The narrative switched pretty quickly. Another article, Brent, I wanted to mention here, it's something we've been thinking a little bit about and talking about are interest rate expectations. Of course, we had the Forecast Network question about will the, the Federal Reserve move that target on the Fed funds rate? There's a lot of ways to look at that. We asked, will they move the upper limit? Um, so now they have a, two targets, a lower limit of 0% and an upper limit of 0.25%. Will they raise that upper limit? The consensus is somewhere around 45%. But what's really interesting is we we looked at individual users and their forecasts. We got enough people there to really zero that in. Expectations span the entire spectrum. There are users who say that's a 0% chance happening. There's users saying it's a 100% chance of occurring. 25% say it's a very low probability, less than a 10% chance of occurring. It's just a very interesting setup here. There's always uncertainty, but I think the uncertainty is very, very broad and wide
1: here for this question. The range is just tremendous in this plot you're showing of what is that the mid uh, two quartiles is pretty, pretty wide as wide as any question you might see. So there are a lot of different opinions out there about this. And I think that's consistent with society as well. I mean, the last fed meeting minutes suggested that they weren't too concerned about stuff yet, but me and we are starting to see economic forecasts, numbers come out that are really big and i think not unlikely i mean we, we, the economy is set to really really rebound and there's a lot of inflationary pressure i think built in the economy too david you and i were talking about this with you know the supply shock issues related to the pandemic that we said at the start and i I said back in March of 2020, I was given a presentation, and I said, "It's the first time I've been able to make a case for inflation for a long time," and the reason was because it was a supply shock, and that tends to increase prices. And now you had that, and it it didn't really, we didn't really notice it yet. Uh, Now we're starting to see, you know, delays and parts and things coming United States and container ship shortages and all kinds of crazy stuff. Combined with massive government stimulus putting money out, combined with exceedingly loose monetary policy. It's really interesting.
0: Just to build off that a little bit, thinking about all the moving pieces here, right? It's kind of like a snow globe. We flipped it upside down. And I think in the last few months, maybe we turned the snow globe up the right way. And we're just seeing where all of the situation settles out. I think we put a lot of emphasis on what the Fed's going to do, but there's a whole interest rate market that's beyond the Fed's decision-making criteria they go through. Um, and so this is the the Treasury I'm showing on the graph here, if you're watching on the screen. If you're listening, we've plotted, we've been following this for a while, the the one-year, 10-year, and 30-year T-bills, the rates here. And if you remember right, we were wondering, will the 10-year Treasury fall below half a percent, 0.5%? And it didn't happen. We had a forecast network question about it. It got as, about as close as you could get without doing it. But let's step back on what's happened since then. 10-year treasuries have been trending up over the last six months. 30-year treasuries are trending up. 30-year treasuries are actually above the pre-COVID levels. And so short-term rates are very low. Longer-term rates have been trending higher. So we have a yield curve, which is kind of consistent with what we'd expect. But the idea here for listeners is don't get too hyper-focused on the Fed. So a wide range of expectations as to what the Fed might do. But there's other thing to keep in mind is the interest rate market is moving higher in some of these longer-term maturities
1: a lot higher. It's a pretty big move in that market. It's definitely something you want to keep your your eye on.
0: Yeah. So think 30 year, if I'm looking at these numbers, right, the 30 year has gone up over 100, close to 150 basis points. So they've gone from about less than 1.5% to almost 2.5%. So on a relative basis, that's a lot of movement. Again, these are ways that we're just trying to help you stay on top of the latest information, the latest news out there. Thank you all for joining us. Stay curious and keep an eye out for more Forecast Network questions and more content in the coming weeks. Thanks so much.